So just some days are just a little bit more needy than others, if it seems like. <laughs> Amen. So in, um, let's see, Ephesians 7, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Philippians, <laughs> Philippians, yeah, Philippians chapter two, in verse one. Uh, well, let's let's pick up verse five. This is where we are now. So let this mind be in you. Well, let's start in verse four. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father, of God the Father. So um, in the regular handout, we're going to get to the new one in just a minute here. But in the regular handout, we're on page three. At the top there, we're continuing uh, from uh, Christ's humility and exaltation. And so on that, we're uh, at the top. We, we, I believe we started this last week. Um, though, so it's though in the form of God, equal with God, he took on him the form of a servant. And uh, so I have this note that God became a servant and ministered to the needs of his own fallen creation. And then uh, his true righteousness as a sinless man. And that, the, that of the nature of the most holy God was hidden, that he could walk among men and minister to them. In other words, he, the Bible says he looked just like us. And the Bible says that we are, uh, he came in the likeness of sinful flesh. We'll revisit that in a second here. So uh, we talked about this also, that on the Mount, uh, Matthew 17, 1 through 2, he was transfigured. And on the Mount, his righteousness was revealed. And, and uh, his glory, his righteousness, whatever it was, it was muted before and after. So only uh, Peter, James, and John saw that. And we also read in Revelation 1 something is similar to that. And so uh, all those things were said just to say that he was not in the same condition that fallen man is. He was the holy God. And a righteous man, not a fallen man like we are. So we're kind of making that making that point that though in the form of God, equal with God, he took on him the form of a servant. So the point of all this is that he lowered himself and humbled himself far more than any of us can possibly imagine. We have the words here. Thank God for that. And hey, Miss Patty, nice to see you. And uh, so we have this and, and we thank God for the information. But I don't think that we could truly understand how, how far God's son humbled himself to come and be among us. And then even as a, as a man among us, he humbled himself further to being a servant and to being a servant of all men. And so I had this note that I, we didn't hit last week and I wanted to look at it. John chapter 6 in verse uh, 15. John 6 verse 15. 14 and 15, sorry. So um, this is after the miracle of the bread and the, the bread and the fish that were multiplied and fed thousands. And this happened more than once in the Gospels. So uh, it says in verse 14, then those th- then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet that, that should come into the world. When Jesus, therefore, perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And I say that or I mentioned this verse to mention that he refused men's exaltation. <laughs> he just he uh, he shunned it. He didn't uh, he did not allow man to exalt him, uh, even as they were perceiving that he was not just a normal man as he said here this is that prophet and by the phrase that prophet they're referring to moses saying there will be a prophet like unto me 
and uh, him is uh, is the one that God will send. So uh, they are they are saying he, this is the man that was prophesied of, and they were going to forcibly make him a king, and the Lord Jesus uh, would not allow that. So um, as we continue on in Romans eight verse three, we read this last week. I think did we read this last week? We did not. Okay, good. <laughs> if you saw my notes, you'd understand better. <laughs> Romans chapter eight verse three. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. And then verse four, it's in my notes, not in yours, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And so as God created mankind, he made Adam and Eve. And so Adam is referred to as the first Adam. Jesus is referred to as the second Adam. And what's especially significant about this is that Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled the demands of the law. And he walked not only in the letter of the law, but he walked in the spirit of the law. And this is all very important because this is a point we're going to get to, especially with the handout that uh, that what we could not do, because it says here, Romans three, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. The law was not wrong. It was not bad. There was nothing wrong with the law. The problem with the law was that we are unable to keep it and we are not able to have the righteousness. Uh, and, and the law does not give man righteousness either. That's another flawed perspective, perception of mankind is that they could be righteous by keeping the law. What the law does, and Paul says this in Galatians, the law is a schoolmaster to bring you to Christ, to the, to the realization that you are not perfect, you are not righteous, and you actually need a Savior, and He is the one, and this is what we're getting at here, He is the one that brings righteousness to us, and it is imputed to us. And again, it's a, it's a, it's a strange paradigm that mankind rarely understands that our righteousness that we have or that we gain is only by virtue of Christ's righteousness. So being righteous in God's eyes is imputed to us when we receive him as our savior. And therefore, even even as a, a person who's saved and born again and walking with God, it's not because I'm doing anything right or not doing anything wrong. It's because of Christ's righteousness that we are seen as righteous. Hope, hope everybody's getting this. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, what's another way of saying imputed? Um, I, I always think of it as putting it to your account. Um, so I, in my mind, and I guess I don't know if it's because I'm simplistic, but <laughs> we have all of our sins, all of our unrighteousness that is on our account. Christ, when he died on the cross, all of those things were put upon him. And there, as he suffered and died in my place instead of me, he conquered death. He conquered sin and he rose again. The Bible talks about justification through the resurrection. We'll talk about that again in, in a second. But when we receive Christ as our savior, his righteousness is imputed to our account. It's put there. It's put on our account so that we are righteous, not because I have done good deeds, but because Christ has has is righteous and is put to my account. We've got an account right before Christ that's full of sin. Right. Weighed down with sin. And then he takes that on the cross. Our sin is, is paid for, but then we don't have righteousness unless we accept Christ. Right. So he puts his righteousness right. on our account. So the, the, the wonder of the cross is that Jesus died and was the sacrifice for all men's sins. Everyone who's ever lived or ever, ever will live 
all man's sins was placed on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he suffered as as God's sacrificial offering because of sin. But that 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 imputation of of our sins being taken away and our, his righteousness put on us, that exchange does not happen until you receive Christ as your savior. And so that's that's all sins were paid for. Or the, the Bible uses the word propitiation, the satisfying of the wrath of God. And that was taken place by the Lord Jesus. But it's not put to our account until the to the day that both the man and God and God is already God has already accepted what Christ has done. That's again, the wonder of the cross. God has already accepted. So all that's left is for man to accept it. That's all that's left is for man to say he he died in my, in my place for me. And I, I want that. I want his forgiveness and mercy. And again, it's available. There's nothing hindering any person on earth from receiving the righteousness of God in the forgiveness of their sins in the person of Jesus Christ. So you get the whole package with Jesus. And yet, if you do not have Jesus, then it does not it does not pertain to any person who does not accept him as their savior. And that's that's a great deal of the muddy religion that's in the world is people thinking they can get that same situation any other way. And the Lord Jesus referred to this in the book of John as saying that any man who comes any other way is a thief and a robber. Because God's already said anybody, everybody is welcome to come and partake of what Christ freely gives. But if you try to come some other way, then you are a thief and a robber. And so God says everybody can be forgiven and everybody can be saved, but you can't come some other way than the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so what I'm saying is, it happened. Yeah. You believe it, you have faith that it did happen, and you accept that fact, mm-hmm. then you are accepted by Christ because he says, okay, if you believe on me, then mm-hmm. you say it. The other people, they don't believe it, but it did happen. Right. They just don't believe it. Right. And, and of course, again, it's, it's, a, it's the strangest, craziest thing that Jesus actually paid for their sins. Jesus actually died on the cross for their sins and their sins are paid for. But if they do not enter into that, that, that contract, I don't know the proper way of saying it. You, if you don't enter into that agreement, you, and if God and you both don't agree that Christ was a propitiation for your sins, and of course you don't have to have those exact, I, I got saved at seven. I didn't understand any of those, you know, ex, extraordinary things that I was vaguely, all someone, someone told me, that Jesus had died for me and had risen again. And now it's my place to accept him as savior. And once you receive him and it's, it's a gift that God is anxious to give all people. So he's not looking for us to jump through some specific hoops. He's already provided it. He just, he just wants us to receive it. And we'll get more into this in just a second. Yes, ma'am. That's the rebirth, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. The regeneration. Yeah. At the new birth. Yeah, and that's what the Lord Jesus told Nicodemus. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, you must be born again. And he was a religious leader. He was a, a master in Israel. That's what they, they called him, like a doctor, what we would say today. And, uh, and yet this man had never heard of it. It was something completely, it was a new paradigm. And, and it still is today for many people who don't understand the gift of God. Well, because you finally took that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, thank you, John. <laughs> That's why sometimes you'll hear a preacher or a teacher who will say, 
it's really not sin that takes us to hell because the sin has been dealt with, but rather it's unbelief. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, there's so much muddy religion out there. And so many people adding to, taking from. <laughs> That's why it is so important that you get it straight from the Word of God and not just take a man at his word. You know, that's what the Bible says of Bereans when the, when, the, when, when the apostles came there and they spoke the word of God. The Bible says they searched the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. And the Bereans believed. The Bereans followed God. But again, the problem is with mankind adds his own doctrines. And that's very evil. If, you, if a man adds his doctrines to what God says is the black and white truth, then you are entering into danger. Always there's danger when man inserts his perspective into God's God's truth. And so um, we all OK so far. <laughs> all right. So uh, um, so in, in your notes here, Romans eight, three. Uh, let me see. OK, we're at the handout. Praise the Lord. <laughs> all right. So in this handout, does anybody not have this handout, Miss, Miss Megan? Anybody else not have this handout? Christ's mission. OK. So in this handout, and really it says number one at the top, but really it's number three. It's number three in my notes. It's just that I, I got so much added to this. I just wanted you guys to have it in front of you because, because I feel like I do better when I have it that I can see in front of me as well as when I listen and when I read along, I get it better. So it's number three yeah. from this. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, from, in, from the in your notes, it's number three here, but it's not, it's not number three in your notes, so it's not sure. there. Sure. So it's it's here in this handout, and my, my handout. Never mind. It's here. <laughs> got you, got you. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm feeling right rough, but anyway, praise the Lord. This is good stuff. So uh, Christ's mission. Christ in His mission became like one of us. That's what we've been reading about in uh, in in the handout about what it says in Romans. Let me just read Romans uh, uh, that uh, Romans eight three again. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And that's what we've been saying is that we are fallen. But Jesus came and he came looking just like us. And he he was not a sinful man. He was sinless. He was righteous and holy in every way. But he came looking just like us. So it says uh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the and verse four is that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So here in your notes or in the, in the new handout is Christ in his mission became like one of us and we will be made like him. And uh, this is, of course, the exchange that happened. So he took the letter A here. He took the likeness of sinful flesh and imputing his righteousness to us. He makes us like him. Now, we're going to read a lot about a lot about this. So if you have any questions, they might be answered. <laughs> so the next thing, letter I here is his perfection is imputed to us when we receive Christ. So back in Romans chapter four, if you'd like to turn there with me, Romans chapter four, verse 16. Romans four, verse 16. Romans chapter four, verse 16. So this is this is speaking about about Abraham's faith. So we're picking up here. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace. And if you wonder why I started at a therefore, there's so many things that Paul keeps adding and adding and adding to this thought that he's filling out here that, you know, we'd have, we ended up reading the whole chapter. <laughs> 
And so verse 16, therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end. The promise might be sure to all of the seed, to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but that to that also, which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. So what we're touching on is the very thing we've been touching on is having righteousness imputed to you. In other words, put to your account. And and we see this about about Abraham, that God believed him when God said, you're going to have a son. And God told this promise to Abraham from decades <laughs> and David, and Abraham had not seen the promise fulfilled yet. And yet Abraham believed that God would perform what he said he would. And so therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Verse 23, not and, and now this is the wonderful thing about it. As we read this, here we are in Sunday school in 2022 at last day of July. And we get to read these things and it's about us. Praise God. Verse 23. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. I hope everybody here saw their name in this passage or saw yourself here. Because God's talking about everybody who has believed on Jesus and received his forgiveness of sins and has had his righteousness imputed to us. It's talking about it right here. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. So God didn't record what happened with Abraham just to record it, but also for us so that we could better understand this. Verse uh, uh, verse 24, but but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. And so righteousness is imputed to us. That was his mission was to get us free from sin, but also to impute to us or give to us his righteousness. Now, listen, if God only took our sins away. I don't listen, I can't I I can't say I understand how it would be perfectly because we don't have that recorded for us. But I don't think that we would be a perfect fit for heaven if we didn't have the Lord Jesus's righteousness also imputed to our to our account. So much so much of mankind only concentrates on sins. And I've been picking on the Catholic Church a lot lately. But Their way of fixing problems is just to confess things to a man and then assign you homework of doing so many Hail Marys and things like this. And none of that is scriptural, not one bit of it. And so the thing is, is God's way of dealing with the sin problem was to have his son take care of the problem of sin by dying in our place as as a sacrificial lamb. He's referred to as the Lamb of God when he's introduced on the scene by John, John the Baptist in the book of John. He says, behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Now, the Old Testament Jews, they understood lambs and offerings because lambs were offered on a, on a regular basis. Matter of fact, there was a, a morning offering and an evening offering that happened every day. 
offerings because of sin. They understood the, the, the concept of offerings being offered because there is sin. In other words, Adam and Eve sinned and God showed up on the scene and, you know, the serpent had lied to them and said, you will be as gods. If you if you disobey God, he didn't say those words, but that's what he was saying. You know, uh, when she looked upon the tree and saw that it was good for for eating and desired to make one wise, she took it. And so the the idea was you're going to be elevated. You're going to become a higher evolved creature. And you see. Similar lies like that in our world today. We're all evolving. We're all getting better day and day. It's not true. <laughs> so uh, anyway, she took and she gave to her husband and he did eat. You find out as you read the scriptures, he knew it was wrong. So then you have Adam and Eve and they have disobeyed God and immediately everything has gone wrong. Not just something. Everything has gone wrong. Their relationship with God is broken. God comes on the scene. The Bible calls to him and he hides himself. He's not an elevated creature. He's not him and God aren't in better terms because he's become like God. Things are falling apart. So sin has brought nothing but problems to the human race. So right away, the, what you see happening after God addresses Adam and he addresses Eve and he addresses the serpent. The next thing you see recorded in the scripture is God slays animals and coats them with their skins. It's a horrific scene. If you remember, Adam named all the animals. Adam was very close. He was part of God's creation. And God had taken Adam and set him over all of his creation. Yes, ma'am. Didn't they die the same day? Well, they died spiritually right then and there. Right then and there. Right then and there. As soon as they disobeyed, they had died spiritually. Right, so thousand years. Yeah, and they, they lived on for 900 plus years. Absolutely. Well, and think about the... I beg your no, go ahead. You think about one of the big goals. If you if you watch a little bit of news and mm-hmm. pick up this and that, there there are those that are working specifically on how to tell human cells to perpetually reproduce themselves and not decay. In mm-hmm. other words, the physical body not decay, continue to live for hundreds, thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Well, that was already the way it was. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then when they sinned. They started the process of decay of the body eventually is going to die, even though it was almost a thousand years later. Yeah, they died. Well, and and of course, right. Well, and and Adam and Eve, they their generation were the only ones to live that long. The next succeeding generation, they began decaying further and further and further until. Yeah, I think it was after the flood. I think Noah lived. Yeah. Yeah, but but each one of them, that first generation were the only ones that lived that long. The next generation didn't live, live that long. Yeah. No, 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 there was, there, no, no generations, if you mean like... Um, well, I, I, I said, I didn't say Adam and Noah's Eve because daughter, Methuselah lived 969. And that was like several sons. Right, right, exactly. Right. And there's a lot of interesting things about the Bible says for uh, with God, a thousand years is a day and a day is as a thousand years. So that also is literally true according to... The understanding of a day in God's terms, you know. Um, so anyway, all these things are all revolved. No, it's OK. I, I love the discussion. It, it, all these things are revolving around sin brought a problem that man cannot solve. And it was only problems. It was not, you know, a higher evolution of the mind. But that was great separation day. Right. Right. Yeah.
Yeah, and, and we're getting to thoughts like just about that. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Before that, they were all just on mm-hmm. one plane. Right. Well, and, and that's what we were talking about last week is that my, my theory is that they were they were clothed with righteousness before. Um, that, that's that's my my belief. <laughs> so, well, they weren't clothed with clothes. Right. 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 The, 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 whole, the whole paradigm had changed for, for certain and, and it did not make things better. And the other side of this is, too, specifically that Adam knew it was wrong. Adam didn't think it, he wasn't deceived like like Eve was. He knew he should not do that. And he did it anyway. And so back back to the notes here. So his perfection is imputed to us when we receive Christ. And um, Romans 4, 16 through 25 is Christ's righteousness imputed. And then number two here underneath that is Psalm 17, verse 15. These, these are so many passages just so beautiful about this. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. And uh, and so, again, number three here, first John three, verses one through three. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed. Now, by the way, the last verse was an Old Testament verse. This is the New Testament verse. I, uh, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And that word now is a beautiful thing. That means it's not forthcoming someday in the future. But when we receive Christ in this lifetime, we are sons and daughters of God right now. Praise God. Um, but uh, what behold, what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. And so we have this old this old body and the old man that's here. And that's what. Listen, we, the day that I got saved, I looked on the outside as far as my appearance, just like I did before. But it doth not yet appear what we shall be, because this work that God is doing, it is a miraculous, invisible work that the world cannot perceive on the outside other than when our lives change. And when our lives change, like the Lord Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter three, you know, when the wind blows where it, where, where it will, so are they who are moved by the spirit or born of the spirit. And so we are perceived in our changes by our actions, by our walk with God. That's how people can see the difference. But on the outside, we look just like everybody else. But that is not always going to be that way. The Bible says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. So that is referring to a definite, fundamental change in who we will look like. And I, I cannot tell you everything that that means. I, I have my own suspicions, I hope. <laughs> Some of it, so I hope it'll be like this. But, and for that matter, when the Bible's silent, we need to be careful not to, not to nail down what, what God does not 
nail down in this instance about our appearance, but we know that we will be like him. So and the Bible says in, uh, in uh, Thessalonians that uh, when the Lord Jesus returns, we will all be changed. The Bible says not all will sleep. In other words, not everybody's going to die, but everybody dead and alive are going to be changed. There's going to be a fundamental change in our appearance at that point. So right now we receive by faith the Lord Jesus Christ and we we start walking by faith. And therefore, as we walk through this world, we are also we are also sharing the faith that God saved us by with others. So that so everything, everything in this life is done by faith, all of it. But when the Lord Jesus comes back, we will be changed. We will be changed to be like him. Glory to God for the Albie. Right. He came to look like us. We we will now go back. Yeah. With him to look like him. Amen. And and this is all you guys have all been stealing my thunder all morning. <laughs> How about this? Okay. How about this? Yeah. I heard a preacher say, and and he was saying this to men and women, and mm-hmm. he said, "I want to tell you," he said, "when you all get to heaven," he said, "every one of you." Is going to be a 33 year old man. <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't believe that either. <laughs> uh, I just thought of this while we were talking. The Lord Jesus came and was born in a humble, very, very, I mean, we would call it just born in a, in a manger. And so listen, God's called all of us to nothing but a life of faith and humility. I mean, when the Lord Jesus came in that way and walked in that manner, we're not going to get a better life than he got <laughs> in this lifetime. But again, we are accessing, as God is telling us, the wonders of our situation. Just to be saved right now, today, on planet Earth, is a wonderful privilege. Above all other privileges you could find on planet Earth, nothing is better than to be a child of the living God. Amen. Nothing. And yet, there are so many better things, or so many wonderful things coming. And that and, and primary or one of those great things is coming is we are going to be changed to be like him. And so, um, it might be yes, ma'am. On the outside, but we have the Holy right. And, and actually, we are supposed to crucify the old man. And the, and the Bible says the Lord Jesus said, you know, let every one of you deny yourself. And so this is this life is not a life for living it up. This life is a life that we might be his servants and walk by faith. And be a, a witness, a testimony, a blessing to those around us like Jesus was. We are supposed to pattern our lives after his example. And there's so, again, it's, and, and, and it's not even limited to the world. You see it in religion as well. So many people perpetuating this idea of how can you have the best life you can have. That's not what our lives are meant to be about. Our, meant, our lives are meant to be following Jesus Christ. That's what our lives are meant to be about. And we're meant to walk by faith. And we are meant to be a servant to, unto all, just as he was. So, let me ask you a question. How come people don't talk about the Holy Spirit that Jesus left here? He is the one that's in the world. That's guiding us and keeping the sure. killing Yeah, well, we, sister, we try to talk about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I, I that much about the Holy well, Spirit. Uh, and, and 
the Holy Spirit is very, I mean, the Bible says he's our teacher. He's our comforter. Um, and, uh, and there's and convictor. He convicts the world of sin and also us. And so absolutely, the Holy Spirit is a... Yes, he also, the Bible, the Bible makes it very clear is that he will not glorify himself. Right. Mm-hmm. The Spirit of God does not intend to push himself to the forefront. The Holy Spirit, he, he will glorify Jesus. Mm-hmm. So when the Holy Spirit is working, it's not when we're emphasizing the Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is most pleased when our emphasis is on exalting Jesus. Right. Christ, lifting up Christ. And yeah, he's already done the work. He's already been glorified. Everything's already done. Well, and, and the study of the Holy Spirit is very important because the Bible, listen, the Bible says we are sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. So there are so many things that are integral about the Holy Spirit. And it's and really our, our, our job is to preach the whole counsel of God, everything from beginning and to the end. And so uh, pastor's there. So we're going to have to stop. <laughs> OK. All right, let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your loving loving kindness and your mercy. Thank you for the things we've had here today shared among us, Lord. Uh, thank you for, Lord, your goodness to us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for changing us. Thank you for the promises we have of what's coming. Help us to live for you day by day. Help us to rejoice in you and um, help us to be changed into your image that people could see the difference that you have made in our lives. We pray for your blessing on everyone here today according to the need and for your glory. And, uh, Lord, that uh, the, the name of the Lord Jesus be lifted up among us and all men will be drawn close unto you. Please bless in the coming hour. Give Pastor the very words to say. Give us uh, open hearts and ears to receive all that you have for us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.